welcome to Cavalier Central, bringing you everything you need to know about the wine and gold. Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Cavalier Central. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Knuck a Few Buck, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Hashtag Lakers, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, The Wizards Hoops Analyst, and At The Buzzer. Plus our coaching-focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, The Green Light, and Courtside Culture. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoop Heads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey, Hoop Heads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com. Spelled A-R-Y-S. And use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. Hey everyone, the NBA season is underway and there is no better way to celebrate than with Thrive Fantasy, the daily fantasy sports app for player props. They have eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top-tier athletes in each sport. All you have to do is pick five out of the ten player prop options to build your lineup. Each prop has a fantasy point of total associated with the over or under based on its likelihood to occur. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points to win a portion of the prize pool. Thrive has awarded over $2 million in prizes since launching in 2018 and will be awarding thousands more this NBA season. So download the Thrive Fantasy app today or visit thrivefantasy.com to get started. Use the promo code KLOVE, that's K-L-O-V-E, like Kevin Love, when you sign up and you will receive an instant deposit match up to $50 on your first deposit of $20 or more. Sign up and prop up today. Hey everybody, welcome back. I'm your host, Justin Matcham. In here with me this afternoon, this Saturday afternoon, Dan Galinsky, Amadou So. Dan Amadou, how are you guys doing? I'm doing good, man. How are you doing? I'm good. Been a little bit of a break and not the warmest welcome from the Cavs, but, you know, what are you going to do? Dan, yeah. how's your how's your Saturday? Uh, no no complaints here. Uh, got some sunshine, so it's good to see. Yeah. But, yeah, the, uh, definitely was not craving a smoothie after that game, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Cavaliers lost to the Pelicans 116-82 to uh, the fall of the 14-23. Uh, record-wise, rough night all around. Some some positives to take away from it, for sure. Uh, the Cavaliers obviously played a game, which was nice. We'd been without Cavaliers basketball there for a little while during the All-Star break. Obviously, the Cavs didn't have anyone representing them in the All-Star break, but we'll save that for next year. Um, overall, though, just 
I, I guess we can oh, we can we can start with the positives. I guess um, Kevin Love played. We've been finally yeah. we've been waiting for the longest time uh, for Kevin Love to come back. I didn't honestly expect it to be this soon. Um, it, it seemed like there was a chance during the break that he would come back this early. Uh, he was listed as questionable earlier in the day, and then decided he played. Uh, obviously, he was on a very very strict minute restriction; only played ten minutes in the game. Uh, but I guess we'll, we'll just start there. Um, Amadou, Kevin Love played basketball. How are you feeling? Um, honestly, it was just good to have another score out there. You know, he didn't play much. I think he only played like ten minutes. But even even in those ten minutes, you can say his presence was really felt. Um, he had a three point shot. He actually uh, caught Zion on a pump fake that you know you could say it was questionable mm-hmm. and whatnot. But <laughs> yeah, all in all, it's just great to have another score out there or another go to guy. To you know, just really alleviate pressure off of Colin Sexton and Darius Garland. Yeah, I had I had missed the Kevin Love pump fakes, uh, yeah, a play that are kind of infuriating sometimes to watch. But you know what? It's on our team, so it's all right. Uh, overall, only shot one for four from the field. There was obviously some rust there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, grabbed a rebound as well. Uh, went one for two on the line when, on that pump fake. Overall, it was a little bit slow moving out there, I thought, and that's that's to be expected. It was, again, a long layoff for him after, I mean, for him to, to go the entire, you know, the entire nine months without playing and then come back and play a few games, you know, preseason and regular season and then come back after, you know, the, another break due to injury. He's not going to look like he's in, you know, I mean, I thought he was in, he's in fine shape probably, but he's not going to look like he's in, you know, playing condition. He's not going to, you know, move as fluidly and as, you know, regular as he would if he had been playing the entire time. Dan, anything that stuck out to you uh, with Kevin Love in this game? I thought one other thing was he kind of struggled on the defensive end. Uh, Zion is not the best matchup in the world for Kevin Love in his first game back. Uh, Zion... <laughs> Kind of bullied him, uh, kind of did whatever he wanted to with him in the paint. Zion had 23 points in the game total, 9 for 16 shooting. Uh, did, did what Zion does against basically everybody in the league. I mean, it's not just Kevin Love. But uh, overall, did you did you like to see what you saw from him? Well, there wasn't much to see, really, but I, I'm not really shocked. I, that was him playing 10 minutes. They're, they're going to kind of... Uh, ease him back in, so it was just good to see him out there. I think from a more so a team psyche standpoint, um, just kind of seeing the uh, they're one of their key leaders out there. Um, even though it was ten minutes again, Zion point Zion. That's that's been a, a nice wrinkle for the Pels um, for seems like a good five six game stretch here. So that's 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 a tough matchup in his first game back. Yeah, and I think, like you said, just the psyche thing and just the mental aspect of it was equally as important, and uh, not just for the team, but for Kevin Love. Um, Chris Fedor put out a really great article just kind of talking about how you know difficult it was for Kevin Love to not play basketball during that stretch and just how, how good it is for him to be back. I uh, would, would def- definitely recommend reading that. Larry Nance, also back from his hand injury. I thought he played a fine game, played 28 and a half minutes, uh, ended up with 11 points, four rebounds, uh, hit a couple threes. Was the starting small forward next to Kevin Love and uh, Jared Allen. Didn't obviously play a ton of minutes in that spot. It was just while Kevin Love was on the floor for the first five minutes or whatever. But um, overall, I thought Larry Nance didn't really look like he missed a beat. Um, <laughs> the Cavs were just kind of a mess in general during this game. But I thought, you know, Larry kind of looked like his old self on defense. Uh, had a block in this game. 
again, just just it didn't really look like Larry Nance missed a beat in this game. Did you? Would you agree with that, Dan? Yeah, I, I thought it was about what I expected. Um, even probably a little bit better, I think, offensively. Um, him making two threes was a good sign. I mean, we know that the game got away from the Cavs there, uh, but I thought Nance. I thought his movement was was pretty good. Uh, got up eight field goals, um, it, and yeah, as you alluded to, started the three in that in that sense. So um, it was just good to see him out there too. Uh, we we didn't really get to see much kind of playmaking through him. Is I would have liked to see a little bit more of that. Um, but yeah, I, I thought all things considered, I think he did um, fairly well, really. Um, did you like what you saw from Larry? Yeah, I thought, you know, coming back from a hand injury, he played well. Like you said, I just like that he wasn't hesitant on those threes, you know, really showing that catch-and-shoot ability. Um, defensively, you know, it wasn't – I mean, for the entire team, defensively it wasn't the best night. But, you know, all in all, again, his first game in, what, six weeks? I like what I've seen from Larry Nance. We'll get into some of the more negative aspects of this game. Uh, Isaac Okoro, just a rough shooting night overall. Isaac Okoro, 1 for 8. Jetty Osman, 1 for 9, including 0 for 6 from 3. Uh, Isaac Okoro, 0 for 2 from 3. Dean Wade, 0 for 4, 0 for 3 from 3. Damien Dotson, 0 for 4, didn't make a 3. Uh, Dylan Windler uh, shot the ball well from two-point range and didn't make a 3, becoming kind of a trend for him, which is weird. Um, overall, just kind of... Especially looking at, you know, Dean, Jetty, and Damian, and Isaac had a struggling night, too. Jared Allen, as well, only took six shots, only made two of them. This may have been his worst game yeah, as a Cavalier. Yeah. Uh, five points, seven rebounds, did come away with a few blocks. Uh, just really, really seemed to struggle with the size of Steven Adams. Uh, I think that that's always kind of been a problem with Jared is... I mean, it's not like he's, you know, paper thin. He's not bull bull, but he is on the thinner side. And going up against a guy as big and as strong as Stephen Adams, he can he can struggle with somebody that like that. I feel like, and I think last night really really proved that. Um, did you think it was something else? What else? Did, what What did you think were the the biggest factors in uh, Jared Allen's struggles last night, Amadou? Um, I don't know. I feel like the the Pelicans just really made it you know a game plan to go after him in the pick and roll. We saw that a lot. You know, he really step up and overhelp sometimes. And like you said, I mean, he was just overpowered by guys like Steven Adams, you know, Zion. Again, Zion. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just Jared Allen is a he's a rim protector. But at the same time, you know, he's he's one of, on the uh, what's, what's the term for it? I don't even want to say a tweener guy. He's just he, he doesn't really have much muscle to him. So going against, you know, those Steven Adams in the world, those Zions, of course, in the world, it's, it's going to be a tough matchup for him regardless. But, yeah, I just feel like they. You know, just really made an admission to go after him, and um, it was successful. So, yeah. Dan, more struggling shooting from guys like Jetty um, and Damian. I don't even know what to say. Like, I'll, I'll talk about Jetty at first here. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I, I'm trying to think of like a way to like ask this as a question. But what is going on with Jetty Osman? I'll just say that. Like uh, one for nine from the field, and it seems like this has been a trend. Um, the season is as the season has gone on; it's just kind of slowly gone downhill with him. Um, 
the break obviously didn't change anything. It was I, I understand that these guys have had a layoff and they haven't played basketball in a little while. Maybe that you know attributed to some of their rust, but I'm just not sure what to do with Jetty Osmond at this point. Yeah, it's it's tough to say with him. Um, it's it's been a good bit here, uh, really. I mean, he was not really a guy that seemed to really get it going when the Cavs um, had that uh, had one four or five. He wasn't really a guy that was getting going in much at all in that sense. And they haven't really, um, in fairness, really allowed him to kind of do what he was doing earlier on off the bench and kind of play make, um, be that more of a point forward that we haven't really seen much of that. Um, but I, I think they're getting in decent looks. It's he's, he's gotten some stuff off movement, which he's shown signs, um, encouraging signs of being able to have that in his bag this year. But that wasn't the case. Um, I just think with guys like him, uh, Okoro or uh, and or Dotson, it was it was apparent that I don't know, this game kind of just showed how Garland really is invaluable to this team. Uh, what he's able to do um, with the ball on the string, um, Jared Allen struggled without him, his presence on the floor. Um, I'm not going to grill Colin Sexton because we we know the the guy puts the ball in the basket. Uh, but not the clearly they just they missed the playmaking ability of Garland and it, not so much not just that and just the pressure he puts on defenses. Um, yeah, he's going to turn the ball over here and there, but the Cavs had 13 assists in this one. Um, that that's just ain't going to cut it. So that to me uh, just really showed the kind of how Garland is is truly invaluable to this team. Yeah, Damien Dotson, despite his shooting struggles, led the team in assists. Uh, had three of them along with five rebounds. Um, but again, struggled to shoot the ball from deep. I don't understand what's going on with Wendler either. Nope. Um, again, it was good to see him make some nice drives. And it seemed like, again, he was kind of looking for his shots, just not getting the threes to fall. And I believe one of those was kind of an end-of-quarter heave that, you know, wasn't really, uh, you know, a, I, I wouldn't even count that as a shot, really. But it's just weird to see. But I, I was going to mention um, Darius being gone. And obviously, we know what happened with the meltdown against Indiana right before the break. Broderick hit his first three of the cap, too, for the record. I was going to say Broderick. I was going to say, yeah. Um, but, yeah, we, I mean, we, we see what happened when Darius went out against Indiana. Um, that kind of it, it really carried over to this game, uh, clearly. Darius obviously out with that groin strain. He was questionable last night. I, I, I wouldn't expect him to be out too much longer. I'm assuming we'll see him soon. But the Cavaliers definitely need him. Why don't we get to Broderick Thomas? Uh, did hit a three in a Cavalier uniform. I believe it was from the corner. Um, just kind of got to see him in action, which was nice. Uh, obviously, he was finishing up the uh, G League season with the Canton Charge. He will be with the Cavaliers the rest of the season. Kind of a combo, kind of combo guard. Um, I kind of thought we might even see him a little bit more than we did tonight. And obviously, they wanted to play Quinn Cook. Well, he's here. We'll get to Quinn Cook in a minute. But uh, Dan, four and a half minutes of Broderick Thomas. First thoughts. I think the this might be a little hot takey, but I mean, it is. It was the G League, and um, we know how defense is is definitely optional in the G League. But looks. I, I thought did pretty well. Um, it was yeah, as you said, it was good to see him hit that three. Um, I, I just think with his his size and actually being 
a pretty heady passer, it seems, um, having a, a pretty solid handle, too. I think the way Dotson is, has kind of flopped here, I could see him really cutting into his minutes as this season progresses here. Amadou, your first Roger Thomas thoughts, your first reactions to seeing him in a Cavs uniform. I like that, by the way, Dan. I, I, I think they kind of have similar games, and if Roger kind of comes in and shows that he can hit shots, I, I, I like that take. But uh, Amadou, what do you think? Um... I just like that we have a guy who can, you know, hit the open three. Uh, but, uh, you know, all jokes aside, I thought, you know, he looked he looked well in his first game as a Cavalier, even though it was, you know, mainly crunch time minutes. Um, like you said, the Cavs obviously wanted to get it, wanted to get uh, Quinn Cook acclimated and stuff. So um, hopefully, you know, as the season, you know, goes on, we'll see more and more of Roger Thomas because, I mean, as of right now, obviously, you know, it's not really too much you can you can hate on from him. Yeah, no, I mean, from from what the Cavaliers have seen in, in you know, the, the four minutes that he's played, obviously there's G League tape to go off of as well, but nothing to really dislike about what we saw. Yeah. Um, looked, looked interesting. If he can hit shots, you know, I mean, he'll get his opportunity. Uh, we've been talking about Quinn Cook a little bit. We'll mention him now. Can I just say one uh, last, Quinn Cook, just one last thing? No. Go for it. Please, please do. Please do. I, this is going to sound really probably strange, but... I think the Cavs actually missed Lamar Stevens yesterday. Like, like I, they should have. It'd be nice if he would have gotten a little more minutes. I thought. Like, it just yeah, it's kind of garbage like, time for the last two and a half pu- minutes. Just put him on Zion for the hell of it. See what happens. I don't know. It's not the worst take in the world. I, I thought it would. I mean, nobody can really. Uh, it's just like nobody can really stop Zion. Can, yeah, but, yeah. But considering, I, I mean, you're putting Kevin Love on him out there. Like, I, I get it based on the kind of. What happened initially, but I don't know. I just thought it could have been a, a wrinkle just for a couple minutes just to see how he would do. But I guess Zion played what eighteen minutes, so yeah. Um, and I, I, I guess like yes, Lamar would have been more favorable of a matchup than say Kevin or whoever else, uh, just because he kind of has a little bit more of that size and strength. Yeah, it's just because Kevin but played I mean, ten minutes. I don't know. I mean, they've played him at the four, like. Yeah. What was it? Over forty percent of his minutes at this point. So why not? But I think that's probably like defensively, that's probably the best matchup that they have against Zion. And if he gets fouls, who cares anyway? But yeah, that's one point. But at the same time, like Zion basically like drove into Javale McGee. Yeah, that was just like plowed over Javale McGee. That was impressive. Like Lamar Stevens isn't going to be able to just like. Stop him, and I, oh, I'm yeah. not saying that anybody is. Yeah, not me. But it's a, it's a fair point that you know against a team like that and against a player like that. I think Lamar's probably. I mean, you look at the roster, the best option that they have on him. Um, and I think at, at, at a certain point, the game was kind of already yeah. out of hand already anyway. Just, so it wasn't going to really matter. But I mean, it's a fair point. Yeah. Looking at Quinn Cook, though, uh, the Cavaliers have signed Quinn Cook to a 10-day contract. Um, obviously, this team needs some guard play, especially now with Darius out as well, with Delhi continuing to be out. I thought Quinn Cook came in and played fine yesterday. We obviously will see him more. Uh, played 16 and a half minutes in this game and just kind of showed what he can do. Uh, he's a scorer, uh, smaller kind of combo-ish guard. Not really. I mean, the reason he was waived by you know LA, I mean, everyone knows that this guy can score. Uh, the struggles really just come on the defensive side of the ball, but on a night like tonight where... Again, this team just needs anything they can get on offense. I think Quinn Cook is a welcome addition to this team right now. 
Uh, shot five for eight from the field, had 13 points. I uh, believe got in there and got a few rebounds as well. Yeah, he had four, a couple assists, a steal. Um, Dan, what do you think of Quinn Cook in his first minutes as a Cavalier? Yeah, I think at he, least since training camp, however many years ago. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah, I think he hit the nail on the head. I, th- I thought he moved well. Um, I, I, I like how I don't know, he's just a guy that seems to. He just always plays at his own pace. He's hard to speed up. Um, gets to his spots. Has, has a pretty pretty good handle. Um, capable in that way. I, I I think he's a guy that can actually kind of shoot off Relo a little bit. Um, we saw mm-hmm. a couple instances of that. I, I think hit one, didn't hit the other one, but um, I, I just think it's it was a solid 10-day pickup. Um, can be a space the floor for you. Um, defensively, yeah, it's it's you're it kind of at a loss there. Um, our guy, uh, toe control, William Rissman, is, is not the biggest fan, <laughs> but for a 10-day guy, I think it's a – a nice ad. Um, maybe we'll have to see as far as the second ten day. Well, in, in terms of the uh, roster numbers for potential trades, yada yada. But um, I, I think he he did fine, more than fine, really. He fills a short term need for this team. Yeah, I think, and that's that's what you want out of a guy in a ten day contract. No doubt, it's not like they're they're signing him for a future. I mean, the guy's twenty seven years old. They just they needed something right now, and they got somebody who could fill that role. I'm do. What are your kind of thoughts on just the way that Quinn Cook played? And do you think that there is any potential here for either a second 10-day or even a rest-of-season contract for him? Yeah, I think there's definitely potential. I mean, considering that in his first game, you know, he had, what, 13 points, shot 5 of 8. I mean, look, the Cavs right now, they're going to need offense any way they can get it. And, you know, he's a scorer, like we said. Um, can really score, you know, in all areas of the floor. It's nice. Um, and, again, a guy that really just let the game come to him, you know, doesn't really try to do too much on the floor. I mean, honestly, it's, it's a better option than Damian Dotson. We see, you know, we've been talking about Damian Dotson for months now. It's just, I, I don't even know at this point, man. I think he's shooting, what, he might be 27% from three now. It's not good. Um, yeah, it's not good. We'll look all, it up so. here. Yeah, I mean, if you can get just better guard play, you know, with with Delvadova still out, with you know Garland still you know hampering that uh, groin injury, it's 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 definitely needed for the Cavaliers. Damian Dotson this year on three and a half attempts a game, shooting twenty seven and a half percent. Yeah, thirty sub thirty five percent on on catch and shoot threes. Even that's just not. Yeah, for a sure, I, I just I really don't get what the problem is. Like he. He's been able to get his own shots, and they, they've – I don't know. He seems to have, like, good chemistry with McGee and kind of those kind of pick-and-roll situations where he can get to his spot. And it, it's it's just tough to say because off the ball, it's just not just not work for him. I don't know what the deal is there. It is it's – it's inexplicable how this team can have two guys and Damian Dotson – and Dylan Windler, yeah. who came to this team as, you know, shooters. Well, Dylan Windler, we're going to give a big pass for because he also oh, has yeah. a fresh shooting hand, too. I, I, I'm not, yeah, I'm, but I'm you're giving right. him a pass. I'm, not, so I'm giving I'm him not. a much longer leash than Damien. Yeah. But it's just, what other team has, has, has uh, when has this ever happened before, where you bring in two guys who are, you know, like, Labeled as, especially in Dylan's case, a knockdown shooter. Maybe who's a very capable shooter. Maybe they should have AC suit up next game and just to 
give him a <laughs> bucket off the bench, I guess. I, I, I don't have any answers at this point. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe World Be Free. I will pose this question to you. I don't know. Maybe World Be Free. I'm he. I mean, he's probably retired. Is, it, know, is he, he currently? Could, he, could, he could unretire. He could enter the free. Is he still season. known as World Be Free right now? I don't know. I don't. But I'm assuming he is. I haven't heard anything. If, if he's not, I'm going to be very disappointed. We'll check on that in a minute. But um, Quinn Cook, ten day contract. Yogi Ferrell also on a ten day contract earlier in the season. Um, it makes you think maybe obviously when the Cavaliers signed Yogi, Quinn was still in the Lakers. Between the two of them, and obviously we still have more time to watch Quinn and kind of evaluate him and his fit with his team, which guy do you like more between the two 10-day guys? I'll, I'll start with you, Amadou. Yogi Ferrell, Quinn Cook, which one would you take? I'll probably take Quinn Cook just because I feel like, you know, we, we know what both of them can do on the offensive side of the ball. Defensively, it's not really much, but I feel like it's, it's just that locker room presence that can really, you know, be... A plus for this team. Uh, Quinn Cook is what a two-time champion, or is he a yes. three-time champion? Dose. Two-time two. champion. Okay, so yeah, he brings that championship pred- pedigree alongside Javale McGee and Kevin Love, and he's kind of he's kind of in that that Larry Nance role where he's not really a vet, but he's not really part of you know the the young core. So you know, it's just nice to have that older guy that's been in the league longer. You know, can give some pointers to guys like you know Garland and Sexton. And um, so, yeah, I feel like that's the off-the-court off stuff is why I'd take him over Yogi. I think that's fair. And he, obviously, he's won both of his championships with JaVale McGee. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, there are some connections in that locker room. But, Dan, are you in agreement, sir? I think I, I'm with Amadou on this one as far as I th- – and I think that that's why the Cavaliers, you know, went with a Quinn Cook because he was available this time around. I feel like if he was available the first time, they may have gone with him instead of Yogi. Which one would you take? Yeah, I, I echo all the points you guys have made. Um, seems to be a guy that's always just comfortable in w- what role he's had. Uh, has that postseason slash championship, it, it, I guess, experience. or Well, not a ton of experience, but you know what I mean. And He's been there. Yeah, and I, I just think at times a little bit. I mean, it, the Cavs were banged up, admittedly, but... Yogi can kind of hijack some possessions at times, too. Um, always been a guy that's, I mean, really looked for a shot. And not that Quinn Cook is really like a high-quality passer, but he's he has I think more, we're going to see Quinn Cook possibly hijack some possessions if he gets enough opportunities. Well, I'm just saying, like, he Quinn Cook has more real viability off-ball. I just think he is going to be more comfortable in that role. And, um, yeah, I think it's just a better influence to have. That's fair. Um, other than that, you guys have any other thoughts, any other players you want to hit on this game? Uh, we, we kind of touched on Sexton briefly. I ha- he had 19 points in this game. It struggled shooting a little bit. Um, also couldn't get a three to fall. Isaac Okoro Struggled to shoot the ball. Uh, I thought he, he played okay defense. You know, he had some some difficult matchups. I think he started on Lonzo. Uh, he, he had his possessions against Ingram. Ingram obviously had a great game here. Any other general thoughts before we move on? Nope, not really. Nikhil Alexander-Walker is a hell of a backup combo guard to have. That's all. Yes, he is. Um, guy can, can generate offense for, for a team, and I think... I mean, they know that they have something on him, and he showed it against the Cavs. But, yeah, anyway, we'll move on. Talk a little bit about the Olympic team. 
Uh, Jared Allen was added to the list of finalists. Now, there are a ton of finalists. What is the list? Is it 57 guys? Do I, if, do I have that correct as far as guys that are currently on the finalist list? Do, you, do either of you know? Let me... It's a lot. Of, it's a lot, whatever it is. But um, Jared Allen was added to the list. Um, he joins Andre Drummond, Kevin Lowe, yeah, and Bill McGee. 57 as guys who are on the list. Um, looking at Jared Allen, Drummond, Love, McGee. I think McGee obviously won't make it. Um, other than that, I guess there's at least like more than a 1% chance that the other guys have at least a shot at being there. Um, out of Allen, Drummond, and Love, Amadou, I'll start with you on this one. Do you think that there's any chance that we see any of these guys play in the Olympics? Yeah, honestly, I definitely do see a fair chance that Jared Allen plays, just because I feel like some guys will drop off out of the, um, the finals list, depending on where their teams finish, you know, in the end of the season. Like, you look at the list, it's names like Kevin Durant, James Harden, Joe Harris. I mean, if the Nets are a team that makes a finals run, I don't really know if those players are going to look to play in the Olympics. Um, and maybe, you know, unfortunately, injuries do happen, so we could also see some injuries from guys, too. So I think Jared Allen definitely does have a fair chance. It'd be a great opportunity for, you know, a young guy to get some some world experience, you know, some uh, Olympic experience. Um, and yeah, I don't think he'd be like he he any of these guys that they made it would probably be in a normal year like the last guy in the bench type of guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, Kevin has been there before. Uh, I I don't know what he would really have to give at this point. Um, at least not consistently. Like I, I, I think he'd be kind of an end-of-bench guy. It'll be interesting to see what happens this year just because with the shortened you know, off-season for a lot of guys, um, not everybody, obviously, but a lot of teams that made some deeper playoff runs and then you know making a deep playoff run this year, some guys may not be interested. Um, I, know, I know that there are plenty of players that also are interested. Uh, you know, Some superstars have come out and said that they do plan on playing in it. Um, Dan, do you think that we could see any Cavaliers on the Olympic roster? Yeah, I'm with Amadou on this one as well. Uh, I just think for Jared Allen, I think it's a guy um, that could actually see some real minutes on that team. Um, just what he's able to do um, as a pick-and-roll guy, as a uh, rim protector, I just think with his uh, could be a valuable kind of vertical spacing element type guy. Um, I just think it's a guy that Pop would love. Mm-hmm. I think he'd, he'd probably be the best contributor out of all of them. If I were to go, I, I still might say Kevin Love is the most likely. And this is obviously hinge on Kevin Love wanting to play in it. If he didn't, yeah, I also uh, think would be Jared Allen understandable. would want to, too. Because he's, what, 22? I would think that Jarrett would want to, yeah. Uh, but I just think, again, you know, experience of being on the team in the past and just kind of being a vet and you know, being able to contribute in spurts, I think Kevin Love would be able to do so. That's the guy I would pick uh, if I had to pick one. I'm not, again, in, in a normal year, I would say definitely not. This year we'll have to see if guys want to sit out, but I, I'll say probably not. But it will be interesting to monitor. Um, you know, there are a couple of guys who I, I do think definitely have a shot here. Um, kind of moving on to some trade talk now. I want to talk a little bit about the Spurs real quick. LaMarcus Aldridge is no longer going to be with the Spurs. Uh, they basically Pop and LaMarcus have agreed to mutually part ways. Um, they're, they're basically they're looking for a trade for LaMarcus. Uh, I think it was Amico reported that 
Uh, we shouldn't expect the Spurs to send LaMarcus to a Western Conference team. Big surprise there. The Spurs don't want to do that. We talked about it in the trading with Drummond to every team in the Western Conference uh, episode. Dan, do you like Andre Drummond for LaMarcus Aldridge in a second-round pick? Or two second-round picks. I think we'll have to see. But this has been one of my favorite mock trades for a while now, ever since I think we did that that podcast. Um, I just think it makes sense for both sides. Uh, and it'll depend on the direction that San Antonio wants to go as well. But the salaries match too well to not like this in my eyes. Yeah, I don't see why not. Um, pick up an asset for Drummond, who you, again, got pennies or traded for by giving up pennies. So um, you get a pick back, basically. Um, so that's you net that out. Um, again, this is contingent on the Spurs actually wanting to do it. But I, I think they, for them, it seemed, they've been a team that was previously linked to Drummond. So um, that would seem to be a realistic move. But uh, I, I don't know if Pop would really buy into – like that. that's going to take a, a big – question mark that, that they can actually get that uh, motivation out of Drummond. Maybe they do. Maybe he hijacks possessions again for them. Um, but yeah, it just seems like it would make sense for both sides. It's it's a rental for them. Um, but the Spurs haven't made it an in-season trade since 2014. So again, I, I don't, I question if they actually would, but yeah, I mean, from the Cavs perspective, I don't know why you wouldn't get and you buy Aldridge out from there, likely um, opens up a roster spot that just seems to it just seems to make too much sense, really, in that way. I completely agree, Amadou. Do you think that the Spurs would be able to get uh, Drummond to buy in? Do you think that they could work with him and that Andre would be happy with a situation like that? Yeah, I think if it is a coach out there that can you know make Drummond buy in, it's definitely Popovich. Um, you know, world-renowned coach. I feel like a lot of people will be, you know, extremely excited to play with a, a legend like him. And I feel like it's that reason why I think Drummond would would buy in. You know, it's the fact that you're playing with this guy who's won five championships, who missed the playoffs once in the last 20-plus years. Um, I feel like that culture can definitely get Drummond to buy in and be engaged. Now, obviously, his touches will be down because they do have DeMar DeRozan, DeJounte Murray. Um, Kendall Johnson is, is coming on, really. Lonnie Walker, Derek White. So it'll it'll be tough, really, to, for him to be t- uh, to see touches. But at the same time, I, I don't think that's something that I, th- I think maybe he'll he'll you know enjoy winning over you know his own stats for the first time you know maybe in his career. So yeah. And from the Spurs aspect too, they're not compromising their cap space. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they are a team that you know still has an opportunity to have a cap space this offseason. Uh, obviously, both of them are expiring, so you're not going to sacrifice that. Uh, you, you obviously can extend Drummond if you want to, but you don't have to. You can evaluate how the fit is and then make a decision this offseason. But, yeah, I, I really think that – I'm just another thing I, I struggle with is I'm not really sure where else you're supposed to trade LaMarcus. Um, if, if the Spurs are really incentivized to do so, um, if, if they really want to trade him, I'm not really sure that there's a better place out there. And obviously there are a lot of teams that have interest in LaMarcus if he were to get bought out. Um, Portland has been, you know, thrown out there as a return. Uh, Miami, Boston are places that theoretically maybe could make a trade work. 
Um, obviously, Boston is a simple one because of the trade exception. They'd have to send back some salary to stand under the hard cap. But I also think that there would be some very unhappy fans in Boston if they wasted their entire trade exception on LaMarcus Aldridge. Um, Dan, I'll ask you this. Is there another obvious trade, especially if, it, if you're eliminating Western Conference teams, is there another obvious trade out east for LaMarcus Aldridge right now? Yeah, it's it's tough to say. I mean, you could maybe say the Heat if you package Iggy and what, I, I guess... And- Myers, but uh, well, yeah. who, with this Myers stuff, we're not even really gonna. It'd be salary matching, and then yeah, probably just. Cut and it. they're not gonna. They wouldn't give up Kelly and Linick for Aldridge. I wouldn't. No. I mean, that would just be. Yeah, I don't understand that. Yeah, I, I'm with you. It's it's hard to see. Um, I don't know. Maybe a team like Charlotte might have interest at, at but again, I, I don't. It's not the easiest thing. Um. Yeah, it's it's tough to say. I, I mean, I guess I get the Celtics' interest in him, but Lamarcus Aldridge just—I I mean, I, I get that it was that he's up there, but he can't even move anymore uh, at all. I mean, it's it's like he basically runs like foul line to foul line, if that. And they're playing four on five for about ten seconds of the of the possession after a defensive rebound. So I, I just I don't know who would be wanting him to in the expectation that he's giving you playoff productive minutes. It's, it's tough to say. Yeah. I I think that Miami makes the most sense just because again, you you can get him without giving up that much. It would be probably Iguodala, uh, Myers Leonard, and probably a second round pick. If I had to guess just so that, you know, they could get some sort of asset back, but at the same time, I don't even, I'm not sure if Miami does it. If, like, they have to give up a pick for this guy. And they're giving up Andre Goddard, who also is not what he was. And they don't have second-round picks, not... do they? What is they that? don't have many second-round picks, do they? They don't have many. They have they can, they have a few to trade, but it's not yeah, a full yeah. cupboard. It is not a full cupboard. And they'd be using up a very limited amount of assets on a guy like this, who, again, I, I'm not really sure if it's worth it. So we'll see what happens with LaMarcus. Um I don't think there's been any reports out there that the Cavaliers are um, rumored as a team, but I, I really don't see a spot that makes more sense than the Cavs. That's just me. Um, let's talk about another report, just kind of about Drummond. We'll get off of Aldridge. Uh, the Suns, Sam Amico has reported, had some interest in um, Andre Drummond. Now, I think in the article that he wrote, it said that it would be you know interest in a buyout that they wouldn't be looking to trade for him. Evan Damerill came out and uh, refuted this report, saying that the Suns don't have interest because they have DeAndre Ayton. Um, I think that that is just kind of common sense. I, I question some of Sam Amico's sources. Um, I, I like Amico. You know, he has a lot of inside information, but he's had some. I mean, the guy also just said that the Lakers are interested in Javale McGee. Well, he, the Lakers I think he cannot trade for yeah, Javale McGee. This he did say he though that it have to be trading to somebody first, then they he'd get waived. So, how is that? I mean, you're not just going to trade Javale somewhere else, and like if if you're going to trade Javale somewhere, though, he's probably not going to get like that's that's, that's not going to happen. I don't. Yeah. Sure, they have interest in him, but it's not going to happen. Yeah, him getting waived if he's being traded for doesn't make any sense. So, no. I, and in that case, like he could sign with the Lakers, but I, I just I don't. Well, I think Chris Haynes. If, if that's was what the he if that's what he had suggested. Court. 
that too about the the, late, was the Lakers thing with McGee. I'm pretty sure. Maybe he did. I did. I just saw Amico. But, but anyway, I, I don't know. Javale's not going to end up with the Lakers. It's not going to happen. But anyway, we're on the Suns. I'm going to does does Andre Drummond make any sense for the Suns? Not at all. Considering that he's a guy who's. If he's not engaged, I mean, it's just only so much he can do. Honestly, I feel like the Suns just stay put with what they have, and it's working. I mean, I think they're just, they're still the second seed as as of right now. So believe so. Yeah, um, I don't know if Drummond will accept a, you know, a bench role because it's just no way he's playing with with Aiton or above Aiton either way. So yeah, not to mention Dario Sarge has been fantastic for Phoenix this yeah, year as a backup yep. center. Frank Kaminsky has kind of come alive and is giving them quality minutes. Mm-hmm. Dan, does Andre Drummond to Phoenix make a lick of sense to you? No. Uh, not much else to say. And I just... Chris Paul dealing with Andre Drummond, I mean, I think he might want to gouge his eyes out pretty quickly. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I just I don't understand the intro. Well, I guess rumored interest at all. It just wouldn't make any sense at all whatsoever. I will just throw out there, too, that the Lakers are reportedly confident um, that they would be able to land Andre in a buyout situation. That is obviously somewhere that makes more sense, especially um, if if AD is going to be expected to miss some more time. I think I saw yesterday it was reported that he's going to be reevaluated in a couple weeks. But obviously, uh, the, the, it, a buyout wouldn't happen until after the deadline. So AD might very well be back by then. But um, it makes sense for them. Um, and a Marcus All upgrade would push him to a limited role. I think they could benefit from that. But yeah, the Suns are not a team that make any interest to me. Um, I do want to talk about one other quick trade. Jetty Osmond, reportedly the Golden State Warriors have interest in Jetty. Um, I think the report, I don't even remember who reported it, but said that they would be willing to part with a young player for Jetty. I think it was Amico. Uh, it gets a, was it Amico? I believe so. It gets a little bit complicated with matching salaries there. Uh, you'd probably have to include Kavan Looney just to make the money work. But, Dan, do you like the idea of Jetty and Golden State? Do you think that that's a good fit for them? Yeah, I, I think they might be able to get him. Well, I, it's hard to say because he hasn't been able to hit water if he fell out of a boat for about a month. So, um, I, it's a guy that could benefit from motion offense that they they have um, could mesh well with a guy like Draymond Green is um, is a cutter type guy. Um, I, I just I don't know exactly what I don't because they can't really give up Kavan Looney because they don't have any. I mean, he's like their center depth right now, um, and James Wiseman has right now yeah has previously been injured. I'd love to get Jordan Poole back. I mean, that's the guy I, I kind of zero in on in that report, but are they really going to give up two more rostered players for Jetty Osmond, who's been kind of a disaster here? I, I don't I don't know why. I don't know how Golden State would be benefiting from that. Um, and I guess, I mean, would they be giving up a second, a future two for Jetty Osmond, who's about as inconsistent as it gets than a guy that there is going to play what 15 minutes. I don't really know what to, what to, I guess, make of it. Well, if the report is true that, you know, they would be willing to give up a second round or not a second round pick, but a young player, 
looking at just kind of the crop of guys who potentially could be moved, um, it's Jordan Poole, Alan Smailagic. Would they want to give up Jordan Poole for Jenny Osman? I, they're not. I don't know how high they are on Jordan Poole. I mean, he played pretty much the I entire season. I think they are kind of high bubble. on him now, though. Like he's actually contributed in real minutes for them when he has played. And well, he hasn't played. He's been in. The well, he's kind bubble. of a de facto. I mean, he hasn't really. Well, he's kind of a de facto point guard, and I think it's a guy that they actually might play more than Brad Wanamaker, who's been pretty dreadful. So I, it's just hard to see. Well, it. I don't know. If, if again, though, if the reports are true, I mean, is it Michael Mulder? I, oh, I don't think. God, I don't want Michael Mulder. <laughs> you don't want Michael Mulder? No. What's okay? I get that, like he's a rising stars guy, and that was weird. But what what don't you like about Michael Mulder? How old is Michael Mulder? Hold on, he's twenty six. Yeah, is he twenty six? Okay. I mean, he yeah, but he's anyway, been able I mean, to hit fine wide shooter, open like, shots on Golden State, where they have the greatest shooter in league history. At, for gravity. So what is he going to do on the Cavs who have very limited playmaking? It's I, I that would be a disaster. I'm not saying I would like do that, but I'm not, I don't hate Michael Mulder. I think he's fine. But like the, the Warriors aren't going to part with Eric Pascal. They're not going to part with obviously James Wiseman. Um, Maybe we'll there's get There's just not really a whole lot of Juan stuff that Cis- makes sense. Toscano Anderson then. I mean, again, like he's he's on a two way. Yeah, uh, you could do Nico Mannion, but again, that doesn't help you salary wise, matching wise. You could do Justinian Jessup, their second round pick this year, who's playing overseas. You could you know take his draft rights. Maybe we'll get I, again, like too. maybe so. But um, I, I'm again, Marquise Chris, maybe out for the rest of the season on a <laughs> with a leg injury, and he's going to be an unrestricted free agent. Is Marquise um, Chris going to be an NBA player after this season? That's a real question. I think if he had stayed healthy, the answer would definitely be yes, uh, the way he was playing. I think he's in a tough spot because he's like he's too old for a two-way. Ugh. All right. I, 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 I don't I know. I don't know. I mean, I apologize. The injury history is – or I mean, the injury current is, you know, a big factor in that. Can he I make think, like a six-foot shot? I feel like he has worse touch than Drummond. I mean, aside uh, other than dunks, like can he shoot outside of five feet? I think he can do so more so than. Has Andre. he made a three That's since he had that lot. breakout game against the Nets? I'm sure he has. I, I mean, I'm, I'm joking, sure he's made but at least one three. It, watching him was, uh, you know, what? it was kind of like a mix between him and or between Mickey and Drummond with the with the project. Like they were, it was actually entertaining. Maybe we should bring him back. Yeah, <laughs> maybe so. And, and, you know, I think you ask will he be in the league next season. I think the fact that the Warriors have held on to him does say something. Like if he if they had given up on him and you know he didn't have any interest, they could have just waived him by now. He like, might be playing for East Los Angeles Community College, like that that new uh, last chance U basketball thing. He might be on that roster. <laughs> I don't know. I think I think Marquise will stick around with the Warriors. I think I, I won't say for sure, but I think that there's a very real chance that, that happens. Santa but anyway, I think like looking. Is maybe so. Maybe we could see him there next year. But looking at a realistic Jetty trade, <laughs> I think it has to be Jordan Poole and Kevon Looney. Again, I think Kevon Looney has to be included just for salary matching purposes, unless you want to go for Kelly Oubre and the Cavs give up another piece. I think it has to be Kevon Looney and then one of the young guys, whether it's Marquise Chris, 
Jordan Poole, or Alan Smelly-Geach. Or Michael Mulder. Like, the Cavaliers, I don't think, have interest in Smelly-Geach or Mulder. Uh, and the Warriors, I don't think, would give up. Oh, I, I don't think they'd give up Jordan Poole either. I don't see why they would. They definitely wouldn't give up Pascal. But I think in the event that this would happen, it would have to be Jordan Poole. I guess in that sense, like, who would they sign for a big? Would they be able to sign, like, Dwayne Dedman or something? Is that, like, I just... They could go like, for is, is Jenny going to be a, a five for them? Like, I, I don't know. They could convert Juan Toscano and have him play a little bit of five, small Draymond ball. Draymond could play small ball. Draymond yeah, could play true. small ball five. That's fair. Wiseman will be back at some point. Is Wiseman not already? I, th- I think he is back. I'm just, like, they just... Is, yeah, I, think he's I don't back know why five, he's not playing more minutes than he's been played. I think the last he struggled. Game, he didn't play until the fourth because he missed um, a COVID. Oh, okay, that's yeah. right. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's why he only played garbage time minutes. Gotcha. Amadou, do you think that the Warriors would be willing to part with Jordan Poole for Jetty? Uh, no. And I honestly, I I don't understand this this rumor, this report. It just it just doesn't make sense for the Warriors. I mean, Jetty has been so bad this year. Um. And I mean, you know, like like you said, it could change. You know, you're, he's going to be playing with potentially the greatest shooter of all time. You also have Draymond Green. Um, so that team has pieces to where, you know, he can maybe get more open looks, more catch-and-shoot opportunities. And, I mean, off that bench, he should get just about the same amount of freedom that he has gotten here in Cleveland considering that bench is, is really lacking, you know, pieces and depth and stuff. So there's that aspect. But, I mean, I just don't really see the, the Warriors parting with the Jordan Poole or even Michael Mulder, to be honest with you, to get Jetty Osmond. (laughs) (laughs) I just just don't see it. Oh, man. I will say, Andrew Wiggins, Kelly Oubre, and Jetty Osmond would be quite the the wing rotation. um, Definitely spicy. How would you, in in the event that it were to happen, how would you like the Jordan Poole fit in Cleveland? I think he could kind of, we were talking about Quinn Cook, and and Roger Thomas kind of being able to take over that, you know, role that we had kind of expected for Damian Dotson. Do you think that Jordan Poole could kind of fit in that mix as well? You there, Amadou? Yeah, I'm here. I'm sorry. Um, huh. You're good. Sure. I don't know. Personally, I was never really high on Jordan Poole with the Warriors. I'm pretty sure the report said that the Warriors wanted to take Dylan Windler. But we had yes, um, they were we interested in him. Yes, took him a pick earlier. I just thought the Jordan Poole pick was a reach. I mean, he did play, you know, fairly decent at Michigan. I feel like he probably should have stayed another year. Um, but sure, I think he can definitely be that. You know, that in, incorporated into that Damian Dotson role. Um, he is kind of a streaker shooter. Um, his playmaking has, you know, gotten better a bit. But personally, I feel like he'd be, you know, a nice two way candidate for us. You know, just just shut him to the G League to. You know, get even more acclimated into NBA type basketball, and hopefully he can become something for you. Yeah, I know you're a little bit higher on on Jordan Poole. Um, do you think that he could kind of be what we hoped Dotson would be, if in the event that he were traded here? Yeah, I think he could. Um, I think he's got uh, his handle looks to have improved. Um, not much of uh, Dotson is a far better passer. Um, yes. Far better defender. It's not really close, but um, I, I think it's a guy that'd be kind of a worthy, uh, low cost project. And um, it, 
considering the, I guess, inconsistencies with J.D. Osmond, I don't think it would be a terrible return if you were able to get maybe a, another or a future two out of it. Um, but, yeah, I think with Poole, I mean, he's, what, 21? And I just think it'd be a situation where you don't want to put too much on him, but I think it's a guy that could factor into the rotation and um, has some combo guard abilities, um, but just would be another uh, capable pull-up threat for you. And uh, I think, frankly, would be a floor spacer at least. You would hope. I mean, hopefully he could shoot the ball. Got a solid stash, too, for the record. Yeah, it's not bad. But um, I I do want to talk about one more trade target. I I had kind of forgotten to mention earlier. But Troy Brown Jr. is apparently on the trade block in Washington. Troy Brown Jr., one of my favorite players in the league, has not ever really gotten the opportunity uh, and, and honestly doesn't fit great with this roster. Um, kind of a, a, a guard forward type, kind of a point forward type, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, can be a de facto one for a team in a pinch. Uh, really just a lot of playmaking juice from that small forward spot. Um, has shown some shot creation ability. Obviously the shot needs to you know progress a little bit further than it has. Um, I think that it, looking at the form with him, it's not terrible. I think he can get better there. Um, you know, has some finishing ability around the rim again. I think he's big enough. He's athletic enough to, you know, be a plus there. Um, a, a plus defender, I would say, too. Um, he, he's at the point where he's, he's improved throughout his career. And, again, I just think the length. Uh, I, I, I really like what he brings. And I think, again, just on a roster with some limited shooting with guys like, you know, Denny and Rui getting a lot of run. Obviously, Westbrook getting a lot of run. Uh, without Thomas Bryant in there, they're having to rely on Robin Lopez a lot more at center and Alex Len. So there's just not really a lot of spacing for him to operate, and there's just not a lot of room for him in the in the rotation right now either. Uh, they've kind of been you, you know going with Howell Neto, you know Russell Westbrook, Bradley Beal, uh, Denny Abdia in that kind of small forward role as well. Uh, Isak Bonga has even been out of the rotation. I'm, I, I don't know. The Wizards are the Wizards. We don't have to get into them. But, Dan, do you like – and, again, like, the Wizards are apparently heavily shopping him, like, trying to move him somewhere for something. Would you have any interest if you were the Cavaliers? Yeah, I don't know why we wouldn't. Um, I don't know. Maybe you would look to send perhaps uh, You Dotson could do, like, Dotson and some draft compensation. And maybe a pick just because that would be salary cap relief for them, I, I guess you could say. Given that he's not, I mean, you could cut him or waive him before like the guaranteed aid for next year. Um, and you're not really, it's just strange to me that they're heavily shopping him yet are not showcasing him at all, which is very odd. I think they've been playing him a little bit more as of late, but it's still not enough. Uh, it's just, it's just an odd situation. Um, but yeah, I, I, you kind of touched on all the points with him. Uh, I think definitely just could be another on ball presence for us. Um, a guy that really can make things happen in the open floor and is, is you hit on is can be a de facto kind of one for you. And um, I, I think honestly is, has the stats don't show up. He has good vision too. Um, has just been for whatever reason, kind of been in the doghouse there, but yeah, a guy that could be high, an impact defender for you. I think a guy that could really play well, um, kind of off of play well and, stretches with like Dylan Windler and Nance. 
I think especially we've seen how much this team has struggled without Garland on the floor. I'm not saying that he would, you know, bring the same amount of playmaking as Garland. He, he obviously wouldn't dominate the ball like Darius does. But I think he could definitely help in those situations. I think he could, you, you mentioned, play well with guys like, like Windler and Nance. I think he would be a really good, I think he'd be a fine backcourt partner next to Sexton. You know, in some bench lineups, I, I think he brings enough playmaking. I think if you can have a guys like Nance on the floor, um, you know, you can you can kind of get enough of that kind of playmaking by committee uh, with Darius off the floor. And obviously, having guys like Delhi back will will help with that as well. But I think getting a guy like like Troy Brown would would help tremendously in that area. Uh, Amadou, would you be interested in Troy Brown Jr. on the Cavs? Yeah. I'd definitely be down, especially if they're coming at a low cost. But I feel like you'd probably have to make a, a corresponding move alongside getting Troy Brown because our wing position is, is already crowded. Yeah. So that's yeah, true. I think a corresponding trade would have to happen. But like you guys said, you know, he has the ability to play multiple positions, um, can bring defense to the team, um, spot up shooting. I, I just I, I don't see why, you know, the Cavs wouldn't look into bringing in Troy Brown Jr. And he better fits our timeline. I think he's, he's what, only 24? 21. I think 20. Oh, yeah, wow, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, he's young. even younger than I thought. Okay, so yeah. Um, definitely. Well, I didn't know he was only 21. Well, okay. Yeah. I mean, he's in the third year of his rookie deal. He, he still has next year left. Yeah. Um, and he was a late lottery pick, I believe. So he's, let's see, hold on. Let me go to the, the Timberwolves sheet real quick. But to see the exact number, he is making... Three point three million this year. He'd be making just over five million next year. Yeah. That's so, and then he's a restricted free agent after that, and you have his, you know, you know, right to first refusal there. My only question is, obviously, I mean, this is a guy who would have some value. You'd have to think. I, I, I would be surprised if the Wizards don't move him, just because he is such a tradable piece. I mean, he's on a cheap contract, and you know, I think he, he should have value around the league. Would you give up? What is the most you would give up draft wise? Uh, Amadou for uh, Troy Brown. Would you would you give up a late first? Do you think that you know what? What do you think that the Wizards would be asking for, and how much would you give up? I mean, considering they're not really showcasing him, like you said, it's looking like they're actively shopping him, and with you know players like Rui Hachimura, Dini Abdia, already you know younger guys already pushing him out of the rotation. I don't think it'll take much to get him off the team. So I feel like a second, maybe two, should be just enough to get him. In my opinion, and I think that if that were the case, I would definitely do it. I just feel like yeah. I don't know. I almost feel like a deal would have been done by now if that were the the price. I yeah. think, and I don't know exactly what the Cavaliers. Anyway, Dan, would would you do you think it would cost uh, a first rounder, and and would you give up a late first for for Troy Brown? Um. I personally would. I would be more than one. Yeah, I think I probably would. Um, just because a late first, I mean, you're looking at realistically a kind of rotational player generally anyway. And I mean, to to our guy Risman's credit, um, not all picks are going to work out as, as we know. Um, yeah, I think it'd be a solid move. I mean, just depending on what the pick is. But yeah, I would do it. Light or probably do it, or I would maybe I'd strongly consider maybe like a two and either Dotson or I, I might even consider like I'd probably consider Dylan Windler for him. Um, if if that's something really? maybe yeah, I think I probably would. 
Um, I mean, I like Dot Windler more than I feel like anybody, but Brown is a guy that can really be a two-way impact player for you and um, could also be a, a trade piece next season, too, that you might be able to get your asset back if you kind of get him some real minutes. So, I'm kind of thinking about this, Dan. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll let you give your take first, Amadou. Uh, the, the Cavaliers, as far as first-round capital goes, uh, have all of their picks from 2021 to 2027. Uh, they don't have anybody else's. You could give up a pick in, like, 2026 when hopefully the Cavs are better, and you could just kind of gamble on the fact that, you know, yeah, that's, by then you I'm thinking 25 team. or 2024, like, or honestly 2025, really. 2025, in that range yeah. um, is where you could, you know, look at giving up a pick. Dual Windler is not as an interesting one, though. Um, I'm, I'll, I'll let you go first. Would you trade? And I, it's kind of funny because we just saw something, obviously not as large of a scale. It was a couple of second-round guys. Mm-hmm. But we just saw, basically, I mean, there was a second-round pick involved in that. But Hamadou Diallo traded for Svi McCulloch with the Thunder and Pistons. Um, would you be willing to give up uh, Dylan Windler for Troy Brown? Personally, I wouldn't just because we just really haven't seen Windler at his full strength. I mean, you know, like we talked about, this is his technically rookie season. Um, last year, he missed the entire year. He's been talking about how, you know, he's starting to get his legs under himself and such. And then early on the season, like Dan pointed out earlier in the podcast, um, he did fracture his hand in that Hornets game. So, seeing recovering from that... Um, I feel like if this was next season and the trade happened and, you know, Wilner is still, you know, sort of playing the way that he's playing now, you, you you would definitely consider it. But I feel like we should definitely, you know, give him some time to, you know, really get acclimated into the league and just, just really start to get comfortable and hopefully, you know, show some of that player that came out of Belmont. I think I'm with Dan on this one. I think I would do it. Um, and I think I, I like Troy Brown more than most people, I think. But um, like, I think having an opportunity to get someone who is also younger yeah, that's than true. Dylan. That's kind of the key um, as well. You know, considerably younger, 21 versus 24, uh, who is under, you know, a team-friendly deal for at least next season as well. Um, obviously not as long-term, you know, salary control as Dylan Windler right now. But are, a, a year shorter, the other, but also considerably younger. The other question I have is, are, are we certain that the Cavs are going to pick up Windler's what? It's going to be year four option? Like, I, I don't know. I don't think that's, like, a certainty right now. I don't think it's a certainty, but I think they will. Well, he, that's not kind of what he can stay not. healthy because, I mean, that wasn't he wasn't injured at all in college, really. I mean, I don't think he missed a yeah. game. And, I, I mean, I'm just being objective here. I, I really like Windler. I, I'm not saying, like, yeah. I would do that in a heartbeat for Brown. Because I'm with Omnu. I do want to see what he can do. I would, but it, it's but a question. I want to see what he can do, but I definitely would do it. I would you could also it. say his injuries have been kind of... They haven't been related. I don't want to say freakish, but pretty, pretty... The, they have been too. not... Yeah they've, it's, yeah, they've been more luck-based than, you know... Yeah. The only... Not, they haven't been related in any way. The only issue is, though, is... He also, I mean, he weighs 196. Like, the dude needs to get, like, he needs to really bulk up. Like, going forward, I mean, he needs to put on, like, Troy Brown is 6'6", too, but is also, like, 215. So, just, uh, there's a lot yeah. of factors Dylan with Windler. Could, with Windler could stand up I think he somebody. might be, kind of, I mean, it's. I don't think there's been reports of it, but it might be a guy that could be, like, a sneaky kind of candidate that could maybe be dealt. I wouldn't be, like, totally shocked. 
I wouldn't be totally shocked. And I think, you know, all the reports that we've seen are the, the Cavs aren't going to trade their core of Garland, Okoro, Sexton, you know, guys like that. if the Cavs ants. get another wing in the draft, which seems honestly probably should Wimbers, be the case. What, like, potentially. you got to think. Potentially yeah. expendable at that point. He, he might, might be. I, I think, again, it, it's clear that he's not part of, like, their inner core. Yeah. You know, the guys who are untouchable on this team. And I also think he would, like, looking at a return for Washington, obviously, like, maybe you could do better. I don't know. But I think that Wendler is a guy who would fit in nicely next to, you know, a, a Westbrook and Beal backcourt. Again, I think, obviously, we have to see if Wendler really continues to shoot the ball well. But uh, in theory, you're bringing in a shooter. And I think that that is somebody who, you know, hopefully Davis Bertans can get it going as well. Um It'd be a guy who you could just hope space the floor for those guys, space the floor for for Westbrook in particular while he's still there. Do we have a ceiling for Winler at this point? Can he be Luke Kennard? I I think he's different from Luke Kennard. I don't think he has the same game. That's fair. Yeah, not he's not the on-ball player, and he also brings more. Like obviously, he's like the rebounding is such an interesting aspect. He's a much better defender than Kennard. Uh, again, like the rebounding is there. It's been, I feel like Joe Ingles was a comp for a while. I don't really know if that's one either. I don't think it is. I don't know what the comp is for Dylan. Can he? Like maybe a Joe Ingles level of player, but not exactly the same. Yeah. All right. I, I feel like it could end up being like a, like a Wayne Ellington guy where he could potentially just be like a, a like a trade target, like on, like on and off continually. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Like, I, I definitely think that, like, Wayne will probably end up being a better shooter than, than Dylan, at least from what we've seen so far. But I still think Dylan has the potential to bring so much more yeah. off-ball than oh, yeah. I even like Wayne. No doubt. Yeah, it's just, I, I don't know. With Windler, it's, I don't know. I'm just kind of all over the board with him. I, I think he'll turn out awesome. to be really solid, but I'm just, yeah. I'm just, I hope Delhi can get back because that's a guy that really could kind of, ma- like, kind of maximize him specifically. Yeah, I just I, I'm not out on Dylan with oh, no, any means, not at all. Um, no, no. Yeah. like at all. I don't think that's what we're trying to say here. All I'm saying is these are I would definitely probably trade him for Troy Brown yeah. because I really, really, really like Troy Brown. These are just conversations that we just hope Kobe and Brand Weems are having like throughout every day here. And I'm sure they are. I mean. We they got they got to do you know, some a couple here times a week. Quick. This is their everyday job. They got to do something here. <laughs> I think the they'll do something. Something will happen here. Soon. Is that stick um, gift? Multiple goes, things will likely happen. Whatever that is. What do you say? I said I just anytime we're talking about this, I'm just thinking of that like stick gif or whatever, where it's like the stick figure dude oh, saying like do something, just like poking it with a stick. Yeah, yeah. do something. It's funny because they are like the most active in-season trade team in the league. Yeah, that, that tells you things good and bad, though. It does. <laughs> it does. But um, anyway, trade trade Jetty to Golden State. Give us Jordan Poole. Trade Troy Brown to the Cavs. Give him Dylan Windler. And trade Andre Drummond to the Spurs and give us LaMarcus Aldridge in a pack. It's that simple. I don't know why they haven't just done this already, Dan. But... um. Anyway, I do want to talk about another one of the trades the Cavaliers has already made this season. Uh, Kevin Porter Jr. 
who has played two games for the Rockets now after a fantastic G League stint with the Rio Grande Valley Vipers. He's back in the NBA now. Played two games. In his first game, had 13 points, 5 rebounds, 10 assists, and 3 steals. And then last night, just put up 27 points, 3 rebounds, 8 assists, and I believe also had 2 blocks, uh, maybe a steal as well. Amadou, do you think the Cavs are second-guessing their decision? I always, you know, looked at this this decision as a, as one that the Cavs would maybe have regretted. Obviously, I mean, throughout the entire last season, we talked about, you know, the young three of Garland, Porter Jr., and Sexton. It was always, you know, that Kevin Porter Jr. was the one with the most potential or the most star potential out of those three. Um I don't know. I feel like everything that's happened, you could say that this is a deal that that just it had to have been made. But at the same time, when the Cavs drafted Kevin Porter Jr., they know exactly what they're getting themselves. I mean, it's a reason why he fell to number thirty. It was a lot of off the court issues, and I just feel like the Cavs could have done more to help him. And you know, you can talk about the Cavs wanting to you know set a culture. You know, they want players to buy into this culture that they're kind of setting, but. I'm, if, if we're being honest here, culture really doesn't doesn't win championships. You know, culture, <laughs> be, unless you like the Heat. And even the Heat, you know, made it to the finals off one crazy year where, you know, there's a whole NBA bubble. We, we may a never, lot of things ever, went right yeah, for the Heat. Yeah. Exactly. We may never, ever see anything like that ever again. But talent wins championships. You know, everybody knows that. I feel like the Cavs could have handled the situation much better. Um I don't know. And, and you know, to Kevin Porter Jr., he's dealt with a lot. You know, for, I think, what, he's 19, 20, 20-year-old. 20 for as much as he's gone through since he's been drafted, it's 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 crazy. You know, um, all, all prayers to him. But I just want to talk about another thing. Just just one, one quick thing that he mentioned in his first interview with the Rockets, you know, um, after that 13-point uh, tennis game, you know, the the uh, – the interviewer, I think it's Kaylee Griffin, asked him, you know, his his thoughts on playing the point guard position. And he, he said, you know, it's something that his previous team hadn't really let him do. But we know that J.B. Bickerstaff talked about, you know, playing Kevin Porter Jr. at point guard. That just never really got to happen because I think Kevin Porter Jr. ended the season off injured. I believe he had a – I think he had – I don't know if it he was – He had a knee injury. A knee injury. Okay, yeah. And then we know the season obviously got shut down. The Cavs can play. I just, I just really think about what would have happened if, you know, the season didn't shut down. You know, we have Kevin Porter Jr. playing in a position that right now, obviously, he's comfortable in. Maybe, you know, he's still on the team and such like that. But that's just a big little tidbit that I think about. But <laughs> Well, I think if the season never shuts down, one, he keeps playing and he still is within the organization. I think him being away for the team for an extended period of time, you know, obviously wasn't a great thing for him. Like, he got into a lot of off-court issues. Um, so that wasn't, you know, that was less than ideal. Um, yeah. Just the fact that, man, it, it, can you imagine if Kevin Porter Jr. was playing backup point guard on this team right now? Can you imagine how good that would be oh for this team? Well, it's just improvements and Sexton's improvements, uh, man. I mean, we see, obviously, you know, the highlight, you know, assist kind of no-look passes all over Twitter right now is a highlight. Yeah. But... At the same time, I also understand from the Cavaliers' standpoint that, and you know, you talk about culture and, and all that. It could have been more than that, even you know, as far as just 
It, it seemed, uh, obviously, and I think there was probably more than we even know, but it's not like they just, you know, quit on the guy. Like, Kevin Porter Jr. did have an absolute, like, outburst in the locker room. Yeah. Like, there could have just been relationships that were just spoiled there. It may have been more than, you know, just a... We, we don't know everything, is what I'm trying to say. And obviously it stings, but... I do want to ask. It's just going to be one of those things that's always upsetting, you yeah. know? But I do want to ask, do you think keeping him away from basketball was the best decision to make in that time? Then I'll let you answer that. Yeah, there's so many layers to this. Um, I, I, I just kind of continually go back and forth because... Uh, I don't know. I guess with the Cavs, they've been preaching um, kind of that mindset of accountability for everybody. Oh, sorry, gentlemen. Um, And I don't know. It's just tough to say because we don't know exactly what happened. It's in terms of stuff that wasn't reported. Like, we don't know how he was day to day. Um, the, The thing with... Torian Prince, it was like the last straw with the locker. Um, I I completely get that it's came from a, a really tough situation growing up. Um, lost, his, lost his dad, I believe, when he was four years old. Mm-hmm. Um, there were just so many. He just had such a tough childhood. He's a really tough kid. There, there's no doubt about that. I think he means well. I, I think he'll work out, but... There was a lot of stuff that seemingly was, uh, yeah, it, it's it's hard to say, but it would have been probably better for them to kind of get him in practice earlier on. It didn't seem like he was in many practices at all, um, but uh, it, it's it's hard to say just because the, I think the Cavs really dealt with a lot with him, um, and there was just too many one step forward, three step back instances where it's, it's just hard to say if they kept him, like when would he, when would he be playing if, if he wasn't traded, I guess is like, would he have gone to play with the charge? I I don't, I don't think the Cavs envisioned that with him. Um, And it, I just, I don't think that would have played out. It could have been something that maybe could have, ended up lingering like further and further, especially like with the Andre Drummond situation with their, uh, it, it just would have been tough to say exactly what he would have been. Um, but yeah, as Amadou said, it is frustrating because he was going to seemingly get that run at the point. And that like that kind of bench bucket getter slash lead initiator role for him Um I mean, he has star potential, clearly, but that might end up being his best role in the league. And just given the inconsistencies, the guy, as a shooter, I mean, he has he can get his shot, but him actually hitting those is a different story. Um, and defensively, or, or not defensively, the injury thing with him is, is kind of an issue. Um, missed 15 games last season, I believe, had a concussion. I think that was the last few games. Uh, it, I don't. I don't know if the guy honestly can really ever play starting minutes because he is thin, and it, it's just it, it was it was always an odd fit with Cleveland with him though. And I, I just look at a guy, um, it, it yeah. But there's a re- I mean we know why he slid to thirty, and 
the Cavs took a chance, and it was a, it was a chance they definitely should have taken, and I would do it ten times over. But people shouldn't be like looking back and blaming the Cavs. There, they they gave him all the chances that he that he wanted. So it, it's there's a lot of woulda, coulda, shoulda, but I there was just a lot of kind of fatigue from it from their perspective, and I, honestly, I can't really blame them for what they did. And we'll have to see how long this actually lasts with Houston. Is there going to be an issue? Soon, I mean, that, given all the stuff that's happened with Houston right now, that doesn't seem to be that far fetched. We'll see, and, and that's that's the big risk that Houston takes by bringing him in. Is you know, and this is with a first year outburst, and if so, head how coach long? too, like that. Yeah, could that could happen? It could. It very well could. We'll just have to wait and see. But um, I think you know, there's a little bit of just you know, he's he's new there, and there's just kind of a little bit of that you know that effect. Of you know things, the, the newness of it is yet to wear off. You know, I think everyone's willing to at least give it an opportunity. But if things continue to not work out, we could definitely see some frustration there. And you know, we, we we've seen outbursts clearly in the past with Kevin Porter. Um, I will say, and obviously there is no way that anyone could have known this, so I'm not saying that anybody did anything wrong here. But you know, to answer kind of your question, Amadou earlier is you know should the Cavaliers have held them out as long as they did? I think looking back, the answer is definitely no. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine if he was with this team playing games before the Tarian Prince Jaron Allen trade? Yeah. I think part of the big thing, well, obviously part of the big thing is that he comes back and his locker has been taken by Tarian. Mm-hmm. Yep. Can you imagine if he comes so. back and, like, before that trade and just has his locker and then maybe, you know, he's already with the team and he already has that spot mm-hmm. and then he comes back and then maybe they talk to him about moving his locker? And whether he agrees or disagrees, you know, they can go in a different direction. But that situation, you know, isn't – that wouldn't have happened without his input at least. He wouldn't yeah. have come in and seen, oh, you've moved my locker. He, he would have known about it ahead of time if it even would have happened in the first place. So yeah. looking back, the timing of that was just all around pretty poor. Yeah, but, but I um, think they said also the, um, the locker thing was the game that – like the first game that he was on the sideline, correct? I believe so. Yeah. Yes, it was. Yeah. It's just a tough situation. It was also moved due to like co- like health. And yes, it was. It was due to COVID. Too, so, it was due to yeah. spacing, you know, everything out. But yeah, they That's, the disconnect there was was definitely on them. I mean, they should have seen that as a possibility. Yeah, we've we've talked about all of that already. It's just it's disappointing. Again, I I like to see Kevin Porter play well. He's a fun player to watch. It's it's just always going to hurt a little bit. Um, especially if it if it does you know totally work out for the Rockets, but regardless, wishing the best for Kevin Porter. Um, Sunday night, uh, this episode will be going up on Monday on podcast form. Um, the Hawks game will have already been played. The Cavaliers are playing in Atlanta on Sunday night. Dan, will the Cavs bounce back against the Hawks? Well. No Darius Garland, and no dice to me. That was going to be my exact answer. Amadou, where are you at here? Yeah. If he's not playing, exactly. for the record. If but Darius Garland's not playing, I don't see us winning this game. To be clear, I think if Darius does play, we win. I think. I agree. I, I, I think that, you know, we are a completely different team. And I think just, you know, this is a team that has struggled with Cleveland all season long. Um, but I think, are we all in agreement there that if Darius plays, we win? If not, things probably don't go too well. Agreed. Yeah, I could see that. The Hawks have been playing, you know, a lot a lot better as of recently. 
They have bogey back, don't they? I do they? I'm not too sure. Not 100 percent sure on that. I one. think he. he I, I think they. I think they might. I think, I think he, he is playing. yesterday. Or, I think. So I haven't watched the Hawks since the All Star break. So I in the game in the game they played, I haven't watched it. But um, what was I gonna say? Tarian Prince. Um, Tarian Prince. I will just say, obviously, it was the ankle beforehand. Uh, the injury luck just continues to be poor for him. Um, he hurt his shoulder in practice a couple days ago, I believe. So <laughs> that's what he's out with now. Uh, it's, if it's not one thing, it's the other for Tarian. Again, just another unfortunate situation that he just can't really seem to find his rhythm right now. Can't stay on the floor. But um, we'll see if he ends up playing as well. Um, obviously, Larry will still be there. I'm assuming Kevin will probably be on another tight, tight minute restriction, but I'm assuming we'll see him as well. So it'll be interesting. Dan, I'm going to do anything else you guys want to hit on, anything else you have to say before we get out of here? Hopefully the Cavs don't lose by 40 points if, if Garland doesn't play. I just want the game to be competitive. It'll be interesting to see if we get some more. If Garland doesn't play, if we get some more like Broderick slash Quinn Cook run, mm-hmm. like I want to see Quinn Cook play like twenty minutes in a game. Yeah, I just want to see you know what type of role he plays on this team. If he does just kind of try to slide into a complimentary, or if he does take over the ball a little bit, I think that'll be something interesting to watch. Yeah. But um, anything for me, Dan? Get Lamar more minutes. Hey, he was the player. Uh, he was the you know the game winner against Atlanta last time we played. Let's see it again. Let's get Lamar, again. get Lamar in there. Especially if Tarian's not going to play. Would you? I'll ask you this. Would you give Lamar Stevens all of Jetty's minutes? Easily. Well, your showcase. Like I guess Jetty, you got to so. maintain. I guess you got to maintain some minutes for Jetty for trade value purposes. But I I don't know what I mean. Tra- I don't know what is that. Trade. Is it I even, yeah. How are teams rumored to have interest in Jetty right now? I don't like, know. How, how does that make any sense? I guess just the theoretical shooting. Yeah, I don't know what kind of theory you're you're buying into, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll have I'll have whatever shot, those people are having that are interested <laughs> in adding adding <laughs> Jetty Osmond. But hey, yes, I would. It's answer your question. I absolutely would give Lamar those minutes. Yeah, why not? I agree. All right. Well, with that, I think we'll get out of here then. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Amadou, as always, for hopping on. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you, everybody out there, for listening. Uh, if you enjoyed listening, subscribe. Uh, more episodes will be coming out regularly. Um, leave a rating. Leave a review. Helps out the show. Get Sato. Uh, yeah. That's my last bit. <laughs> yeah. If, get if Sato. It's, if it's going to be the Bulls, get Sato. Or, I, or I'm Frank still on Lucina. Team Get LaMarcus. Or, I, Frank, or Frank, yeah. Lamarcus, Frank Neal, Kenan, Sadaransky, one of them. We need them. Thank you for listening to Cavalier Central. Be on the lookout for another episode coming soon.